Hi, good afternoon, good evening, good, um, good whatever it is. Where's my intro music? Okay, so how are you doing today? And guess who is back tonight? <laughs> well, I always record at night. So guess who is back on this particular episode? Madam, can we hear your voice? Mrs. Notch! <laughs> Woo! Okay, so Mrs. Notch is back on this episode. I really missed having you on the last two shows. Aww. So thank you for... Yes, I know, you're, I know you're just going to feel very excited with yourself. But yes, I really did miss having you. But I had very good conversations as always. And yes, yeah, so today on this particular episode, um, as usual, myself and uh, Mrs. Notch have been on the on the phone talking about a lot of things before the call and we decided to talk about food what is in um, a food hmm. or what's your taste bud like mm-hmm. so mrs notch do you want to open the floor because i know that you're really big on food because mm-hmm. you like to okay <laughs> mrs not likes to create meals um <laughs> between myself and mrs notch i think her cooking skills are way better than mine and you know i'm proud to say it and Aww. yeah so she enjoys cooking stop stop this please go ahead what do you think about <laughs> food for an immigrant just go ahead well this is i'm really excited because this is my forte Okay, I so know. I'm a culinary enthusiast. I create food content. I'm a food entrepreneur. So, um, mm-hmm. this is an area that I'm so excited about. You can tell from my voice. So, food is critical to survival and existence, right? We must eat to live. Mm-hmm. So, as an immigrant, at some point, you will be confronted with um, the food culture of whatever country that you move to. Now, I think the first thing that we should know is that it is near impossible to have exactly all the things you were eating back in your home country, in your new country. So make peace with that first so that you're not sulking and you're (laughs) you're not I know your favorite things. So for me, I, I think I'm one of those that actually shipped, literally shipped um, a box, like huge box of food. I spent a lot of money trying to do that. but You see? And I still have a couple of things left a year after. But I, it was just a thing. I just knew that I needed to pay premium to ship these things. Well, that's so fine. So what I used to is people like me. That's fine for starters because you need um, some time to ease into your new environment. So if you have the baggage allowance, it's advisable actually to bring along some of the food that you're used to provided it is um, acceptable for you to bring them into the country because there will definitely be some guidelines with regards to that. Yeah, true. So whatever you can. True, like cow skin is not, a, cow skin is not allowed, right? You see, so that's that goes back to where I started from. Make peace with the fact that you might not get all your favorite things in the new country you're moving to. So if you hear that you cannot fly with cow skin in your baggage, you shouldn't throw a fit. You should just know that it's not allowed. Whatever is available where you're going to, you have to make do with that. So personally, I used to cook with um, cow skin in Nigeria a lot. Most of my, you know, Mm. native soups and all of that have cow skin in them, which we call mama. (laughs) 
But right now, as we speak today, I no longer cook with cow skin. Mm. And it's not because it's not available. Okay. It's because it is difficult to source that particular ingredient. So I just decided to do away with it. So first of all, make peace with what you are going to be embracing in your new country. And secondly, African food mm. is expensive abroad because it has now become imported mm. food. You know, when you were back home in your home country, Nigeria, Ghana, Senegal, wherever you were, foods that were imported from out of the country were pricier. Now, all your African yeah. foods are going to be pricey because they are imported from outside of Canada or from north outside of North America. So make peace with what you'll be getting and make peace with the pricing. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, okay. So because this is just about taste buds and how I feel like, um, for me, that food is a, well, and I think that's for everyone. Food is a big part of our culture and mm -hmm. who we are and mm -hmm. our identity and how we're brought up. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we probably hold on to, and our taste buds, trust me, are all just, uh, what's that word? Um, it's a phrase actually. They're just, uh, when you are when you acquire something and you've learned it, I can't remember that that word. I know oh, you're I very sorry. That, yeah, they're all acquired tastes. Yeah. Yes, we all acquire this palate because I don't think like when you are born and except for those that obviously have like irritations to some particular like, like dairy or something, I think that everything that we it's like every other person's meal or, you know, what we say, oh my God, this is, I mean, Jebu, for instance, and there's a daily case that my husband cannot stand. <laughs> so, you know, it's an acquired taste from, you know, how you were brought up, your society, your mm -hmm. immediate family and what you put into you. So now that we're here and you know that this podcast for me is always about talking about how to integrate um, in our new home country, because that's what it is, is beginning to become our home country and how to integrate. How do you think we should start to approach the differences and start to train our palate? I think it's better for the kids, but yes. as a grown professional immigrant, how do we start to train our palate such that we're integrated and our homes are not, uh, you know, an extension of, so you're not losing your identity of, you know, where you started from. And then you're also not just your home not being an extension of your home country such mm -hmm. that you, you know, your dishes and everything that you eat is not in the culture of where you are now. How do you even start to think about it? Well, first of all, you have to have an open mind. So be willing to adapt mm. to the food culture in your new country. Mm. Don't just say, mm -hmm. I was born and bred in Africa and I'm going to eat only African meals three times a day. No, that's the wrong attitude. So have an open mind. Mm. And then when you come across foods that you haven't eaten before or you haven't even seen or heard of before, uh, try not to turn up your nose because, especially in gatherings, it, it can actually be insulting, right? It's actually offensive. It's offensive, exactly. So don't turn up your nose. At the very least, taste it, all right? As long as you're sure that it doesn't contain anything you're allergic to, just taste it. And when mm. you taste it, mm. please be mindful of your facial expression. So don't wear a look that looks like you just ingested. If it is not going down, down my throat, what am I going to do? Well, as an adult, you also have to demonstrate that you have manners and etiquette. So 
okay. don't don't be don't have the most disgusting look in the world on your face or act like you want to puke. Just take a paper towel and excuse yourself. And then you can remove it from your mm. mouth and trash it. Don't just, you know, change your mm. face and look like, <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> we live in a multicultural society. That's one of the good things about mm. in Canada. You're going to meet people from practically every nation in the world that have moved to Canada. And yeah. part of adaptability and immigration and integration is to be able to warm up to other cultures you don't have to like their food. Uh, you just have to be interested and embrace it. And if you don't like it, you can just say, um, it's not bad, but I don't really like it. That's perfect. But acting like mm. you want to puke, acting like you just ingested poop, that is offensive. And it's not <laughs> going to help your social relationship with the people that come from the cultures where that food originated from. Yeah. I also feel like food is also like a serious conversation starter. And that's for, and, okay, except for now that we have COVID and all that, I feel like um, you should be able to go into um, like, like be in a gathering and start a conversation from the meal. Like what is this made out of? And then mm-hmm. you can relate it to something similar from back home mm-hmm. and, you know, you can taste it or you can share your own, but yeah, COVID, when COVID times, I don't know how you want to share that, but the funny story when I at work I was told to um, like a show and tell, and I think I talked about food. It's just now that I'm realizing it because I, I I was wondering what can I do a show and tell. So I talked about food and I you know told them about jollof rice and I mm-hmm. you know, told them about the history Jello of it rice, and I also mentioned legend. to them that and I also told them never get in between a Nigerian and a Ghanaian who is talking about jollof rice. Correct. In, in West Africa, there are jollof wars. Uh, that was good conversation. And I described how it is made and what it's made of. And, yeah. you know, this is all of this was done online, but I could actually see people say, oh, wow, you know. So, and someone was like, now I'm craving, like, she's, they're going to go and look for an African restaurant around. Because, you know, and then I found really nice, I found really nice pictures of it online, you know, really nice, so not really nice pictures. Yeah, and they're like, oh, wow. Oh, that looks really nice and yummy. So maybe they were being polite, but they might have been. But you know, a couple of people said, "Oh, they're going to go and try and try and um, taste it." And so for me, some of the conversations. So I'm now going back to integration. Some of the conversations I've heard at work is is about food. Recently, someone was talking about a particular chips, and they went into pickles and dried pickles. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I cannot contribute to this conversation because for me, pickles looks like a cucumber and. But they were going all and all about it. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to go and try pickles so that I can have a conversation around pickles. Great. Yeah. So See? I feel like food is also a conversation starter. <laughs> My son will be excited to hear that I want to try out pickles because he's just really <laughs> excited about pickles. I'm like, it's just exciting. It doesn't look like something that um, I just, you know, and like we say, it's a trained palate, right? So the, mm-hmm. the kids might actually enjoy more than we oh, do. The, the children find uh, it easier to adapt to, you know, new foods because um, they just have that innocence and um, their taste buds haven't been conditioned to um, eat certain things for pepe, as long like as you have. <laughs> The spicy food like we do back in Nigeria, yeah. especially people from the southwest Nigeria, where we eat a lot of spicy food. One other thing, D, is so now back to you. After giving us all this preaching and message, what <laughs> Canadian food have you tried with your family? 
What have you tried out? Hmm. Well, <laughs> for us, um, breakfast and mm-hmm. pizza. So we now eat pizza. Is pizza not universal? It's universal, but you know, back home in Nigeria. You eat pizza back at home? No, really, really, extremely rare. But now, you know, pizza is <laughs> pizza is more like a staple in Canada. So we we pizza is now a meal in our family. <laughs> it's exactly. It was never a meal, and I don't think Correct. it's still a meal. Pizza oh, for me a is a snack. No, we have pizza oh, wow, on Friday it. nights whenever we have family night, which is bi-weekly. So that's dinner. So pizza is now dinner on family nights in wow. our home. Wow. And breakfast. Wow. And I never thought that would happen, but <laughs> here we are. Then breakfast. So for breakfast, um, typically in Nigeria, it was always a hot meal. But here in Canada. Yeah, hot meal, like hot, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like my stove for breakfast anymore. Everybody has. Wow. Correct. And, you know, this is a change that we, we it took a while for us to transition into that. And we didn't. I'm sure we, you didn't even know when you got there. We didn't notice. But right now, as we speak for breakfast, um, my older son has hot chocolate for breakfast only. He doesn't want any other thing with it. And my husband, myself, and our younger son have a smoothie for breakfast. We have the same smoothie for breakfast every day. <laughs> Literally every day. And then, okay, so one of the other things for me when I got here in terms of diet and food and everything is the fact that lunch is 12 o'clock. <laughs> and then next time you're eating, it's 6 p.m. Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> so typically, I'm sorry. That's also something we've had to embrace. So when we have our smoothie for breakfast, by 11 30 12 which is lunch time we're now hungry then we can now have a hot meal. 11 30 12 mrs notch it's not lunch 11 30 12 is break that's lunch time in canada girl we have to adapt we've adapted to that though 11 30 12 is 12 noon is lunch time actually it's time to have lunch. you should be very hungry by then if you had a light breakfast okay. but if you had um boiled yam and sauce for breakfast, you're, <laughs> you're not going to be hungry until 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. So you see, there's a balance to yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> this is, so for me, I haven't... <laughs> However, okay, so I need to balance my... this out. However, there are some days that you wake up incredibly hungry. On such days. Oh, because I was going to ask you that you take somebody every morning now. No, occasionally, maybe once a month or twice a month, you know, we can have, especially on weekends, we can now have the typical Nigerian bean cake, which is called akara for breakfast mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning with, um, with pap, mm-hmm. which is like a custard. So we have that. Mm. But, you know, maybe once a month or once in two months. So there are times that, and there was a, a day I woke up in the morning and all I wanted for breakfast was pounder and a goosey. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I did. Yes, I did. Because that was what was just, what, what that was what I was craving for. And that was what I I mean, to maybe at that moment, maybe your ancestors were calling you about that. You woke up. Thinking about your ancestors so, because even that is heavy. Will, those times will come. Don't worry. Those times will come. Trust me. 
Oh, wow. That's amazing. So for me, I feel like the the 12 o'clock lunch and then the 6 p.m. supper um, <laughs> is always amazing. But but I so like I told you, uh, Mrs. Not before we came online, when I was growing up, supper at my house or dinner, like we, well, we'll call it, dinner was for 6 p.m. Whoa, <laughs> you will get in when so much trouble. When you were growing up, that's when you, you not get When I was growing up, mm-hmm. but obviously life and traffic and the busyness of living in the city like mm-hmm. Lagos, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. There was no you're probably leaving your your I the workplace around six PM and you probably get home like eight thirty and then oh, that's when you start to think of dinner uh-huh. or nine PM or the fact that you're even going to have had dinner or something around five PM before you close like ready to go into the traffic and then you're not even sitting down together mm-hmm. to eat dinner as a family because yeah. the kids are home before you do and they've eaten and they're about to sleep, just waking up to see you. Correct. And so you're asking, oh, have they had dinner? And then you're going to sleep. So the only other time where we sit down together as a family to eat is, um, is you know, over the weekend. And that's another thing I think is a culture here. Um, so I know that because of um, my work situation, I have some, I sometimes have to pass working at 6 p.m. And um, I know that my colleagues and my bosses were like, oh, well, are you sure that's okay? Don't you have to eat dinner together? And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? You don't know me. I'm from Nigeria. Like, we're good, right? <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, don't you have to eat dinner with your family? I'm like, um, we will be fine, kind of. <laughs> so sitting down to sitting down at the table and eating dinner. And and I don't think that's a Canadian, is that a fully Canadian thing or a North American thing where people actually, because I know that people complain about not being able to sit down together and eat dinner. But that's just general. Is that general or is it a Canadian thing? What do you think? I think it's just a North American thing because we see it in the movies also. Mm. Mm. But that's another thing. Yeah. Talking about sitting down and eating together. Have you noticed that um, in this part of the world, holidays are family oriented, and you have a big um, you have a big feast of home cooked or store bought meals, and you have a nice spread on the table, and people tend to sit together to eat at holiday time. I'm talking about Thanksgiving, Christmas, Canada Day, and all of that, which is quite different. Well, we from sit down culture. together and eat in life. Oh, no, not necessarily. We sit down to eat together. We have a canopy outside. We, we cook the food together. Party. No, <laughs> we outsource the cooking we because see, so it's the difference. <laughs> but the difference, the difference is this. See. No, see, forget. The difference is this. They are, there's November where it's usually around. It's cold. So there's no going outside. So I tell you that if it was summer, I'm sure they won't sit outside too, right? And for us, it's hot. It's always 365 days of sun and you want to be. And then we just like those, you know, firewood rice and, Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, if you invite me to a party and it wasn't firewood rice. And and there's a DJ and we like to. Yeah, the small chops is too. Now you're making me nostalgic. Small chops is a thing. Like small chops is a thing. I can't even imagine that I have one. Ah, okay. Small chops, by the way, is um um finger that's food. borrowed English for actually finger food. Yeah, and it's just something that we all look forward to at parties. And oh gosh, now they are talking about food. I, I feel nostalgic already. It's mouth watering. 
I know, I know. But we, but we're, we're actually from a culture. So I googled um, traditional Canadian food before we came on, and it's showing me here a list of about seventeen. And I don't want to believe that um, that's all the meals that we have. I think because we come from a part of Africa, we have. I don't know, a lot of delicacies that I'm sure that I haven't even tasted like a bit. That's another thing I'm mm-hmm. finding here. I haven't, uh, it, it back at home, I didn't. I don't think I tasted like half of it, like, mm-hmm. you know, Same half here. of the delicacies that we have. And, and, and here I'm seeing 17. I'm sure if I Google like, you know, food from, traditional food from our place is going to be way longer also than that. that. List, but they all have it. Okay, so let me even check. So I hope I'm not going to bother the name. There's something called potine, uh, potine. I think, yeah, it's um. Okay, have, hold on. Let me see what's no made out of. Okay, so it's made out of crispy fries, squeaky cheese cord, and rich gravy, all combined together to make them a meal of dreams. Mm. Okay, so I sounds think I'm going to try that very soon. Yeah, sounds good. So, <laughs> Yeah, so so for me, I think I'm going to try that soon. And what I'm finding out here is, um, it's usually a combination of bread and something. You know, yeah, it's yeah. always bread. That's another thing. <laughs> the bread consumption in this country is amazing. Bread and milk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, but for us, we are spoiled with one thing back at home. Rice is a staple. We eat rice oh, that like, is true. That like is it's true. going out of fashion. That's a good comparison. So I think I think <laughs> I think bread bread to them is rice to well those of us from Nigeria West Africa actually that makes so, sense. Yeah, you just have different versions of rice. Correct. Mm, but I think rice is rice is there. Rice is ours the same way yeah, bread staple, is. Yeah. 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 So so really so, so uh, Mrs. Branch. I won't lie to you. There's nothing familiar here. <laughs> The only familiar thing, okay, sorry. The only familiar thing is is there any it's rice called Nova Scotian. There's no rice. That's what I'm saying. Everything around here is around bread and pastries. There's no butter tarts. I think I've tasted this before. No chicken. Um. No. Instead, I see. No. Instead, I see Montreal bagels, Saskatoon berry pie, and I think this is made out of berries. There's beef. Oh, the berry pie will be um, nice. Montreal's. Though. Yeah, it looks it looks really yummy. But knowing that some people are food bloggers and pictures always look nicer than what it tastes like. Um until I test it if I can tell. But like I, like, something I like the idea of the berry bacon. pie. I'm gonna research that. I think I can swing that. Yeah, you will swing it and then you can swing it towards my house so like so I send me a slice. I'll send you <laughs> so one of the things I have <laughs> one of the things I'm learning here, however, is that Back at home, I and that's the difference between Mrs. Notch and I. You enjoy cooking. You mm-hmm. you live for it. You love plating and stuff like that. For me, cooking is you know cook so that my family is alive and oh, they are not dead. So they don't stop. That's why I cook. <laughs> so they don't stop, and they can grow and be healthy. That's why I cook, and um, and it's just something I've come to peace with. However, if you do ask my family, since I got to North America, I have been open to cooking more. Like, Aww. I've been open to a lot of things that my family, you know, my husband will go like, ah, 
that's that's interesting. I've been open to even explore. Good. Is this me? You know, I think I was talking to a friend from back home, and I told her what I was making, and she was like, "Oh, hold on, can I talk to your husband?" I'm like, "Why?" She just let me quickly talk to him, and then she goes, "Wow, you are blessed. <laughs> what America has done it for you, <laughs> literally." So, so are you saying I'm open that to as a new more, and for me, your culinary expertise has been improved. By immigration, it's not expertise. It's not expertise. I think for me, it is the accessibility of things. As if we're going to make me want to try things, right? Um. So, so for instance, and then yes, I think I know why I don't. Yes, half of the things have been done, so you can pretty much get okay. fish that is already cleaned out and gutted, and you know. The prep before the fish, you're going straight to the fish, not the prep before the fish. So I you're agree. tackling the fish directly and then you can make the fish. Yeah, you know, that makes it a lot easier. It's been gutted, cleaned. You might pay a little bit of premium for it, but you know, it's just you're not thinking of wanting. And that's one of the things that I felt like our dishes were. And, and I'm not lazy. If my mom ever listens to this, mom, I'm not lazy. You taught me. <laughs> but that's one of the things I felt like, you know, before we made our meals, you, you have to slave and suffer for the meal before you make the meal. True. So that when I was growing up, when I was growing up and I finished cooking, and I think that's why I don't really like cooking. When I finished cooking, I come from a large family and I'm just, I was the youngest. I'm still the youngest. Um, when I'm, when I have to cook and when I'm done cooking, I'm not eating anything out of it because I'm just exhausted. And I'm just like, And and guess what? After they all eat that, you have a pile of dishes to do and there's no dishwasher. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yes, now you're see you're even now saying everything. So there's power for the dishwasher. (laughs) So I have made the meal. (laughs) I have made the meal, stacked it up in dishwasher, and I can go and you know rest and I thoroughly enjoy spending time with my family or go read a book or watch a movie or something. There you go. So it makes it easier. And then COVID happened too. So COVID also, you know, I think, and I think that happened to every, almost everyone in the world. There was yeah, nobody agreeing. So people, people made, I saw a lot of pop video. <laughs> I saw a lot of people making pop pop. Making pop pop Making cakes and bread. A lot of pies, baking cake and bread, you know, joblessness enabled <laughs> that. But for me, it's that I, I, I started to explore more. And I think another thing that I'm doing now is playing more with veggies. Okay. Um, and what the tip, yeah, that's another thing. So let me quickly say this. It's very funny. So my friend, um, two friends of mine, uh, one has a teenage son and she, her son was going over to her friend's house to stay and just play with her own kids. So she asks, oh, so what does your son, and what does your son enjoy? So Mrs. A says, oh, my son enjoys vegetables and rice. So Okay. <laughs> so she enjoys vegetables and rice and, you know, just give him a lot of vegetables in his rice meal and he's going to enjoy it. So she's yeah. like, oh, fine, no problem. Let him come here. Yeah. So when he got to our house, <laughs> Mrs. B, <laughs> Mrs. B is super excited because she just made some badass Eforiro. That's Eforiro is just literally stirred fried spinach in... <laughs> So Eforiro is literally stir-fried spinach and uh, in tomato sauce, right? That's what uh-huh. it is. Stir-fried tomato spinach and tomato and sauce. Yeah. Aromatic spices. And aromatic spices. And then we put fish and then dried fish and meat. So she had just made some really lovely Eforiro. So 
the young boy who's been here for about four years or thereabout sat down and was like, I want rice and veggies. So it was time to eat. And then she, she served it to him and the boy was looking and, you know, he was being polite. He ate a bit of his rice and then, you know, just didn't swallow. And she was really disappointed. Like, is it not yummy and everything? And then when the mothers were now talking later, like, your son didn't eat the vegetables. We're like, wait, what did you call vegetables? Literally, what, what they call beans, vegetables you know, is so different from what we and, call vegetables. And beans and sweet corn and peas. Gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. That's what she thought. That's what she meant. And so for me, that's another cultural shock because when they told me the story, I'm like, ah, that's really nice. So he eats like our local vegetable soups. And she's like, oh, thank you. That's what I thought too. <laughs> vegetable soup is carrots, grimpy. Oh and you know, so yeah. Well, that's another Every time thing. I remember, there will be, uh, be misconceptions, and you have to be um, yeah. on the lookout. For example, in 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 Africa, when we say beans, we mean black-eyed beans, and it's usually the white or the brown variety. But here, <laughs> you're already laughing. I know where you're going. <laughs> but here, beans could mean kidney beans. It could be. Black eyed peas, it could be lentils, there it could be monk, it could be monk beans. You see, I okay, so never heard of I that. I know before. that monk beans is um, it looks like black eyed beans, it's green and tiny, it smells and tastes the aroma, not smell the aroma and the taste is very much like our own red, you know, black eyed beans that we eat back in Nigeria. The brown one, by the way, has the same but. My partner could not wrap his head around the fact that the thing in the pot looks green. See, he just couldn't wrap his head around that too. He just I'm not sure I would love that. And I know that we've had this conversation that you don't like it. I still you eat the Nigerian them. beans. I haven't been able to bring myself uh, to substitute it with lentils and stuff like that, especially in beans pudding, moi moi, or in uh, bean cake akara. I, I I just can't. Oh, not now. Maybe later, but not so, now. So so. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of substitute, right? A friend of mine made uh, moi moi bean cake out of uh, lentils, I think. I hear. Uh, she swears by it and says it says she says it tastes the same smell, like it has the same aroma and it feels and texture wise and everything is the same. But yeah, so for me, one of the things I know that I wouldn't do is substitute for my swallows, like and swallow. If you you're listening, you don't understand. Oatmeal. Is what's meal? What's Oatmeal swallow, you grind the Speak oatmeal up. into powder and then you turn it in the pot till it forms. Okay, so for those that are not Nigerian, I apologize for whoever is not really Nigerian speaking. I am Ijebu. We are the people who make gari. That's an insult <laughs> to my grandfathers and ancestors. I cannot eat oatmeal swallow. I am sorry. Or cauliflower. You can have cauliflower swallow. Or eggplant swallow. There's so many soft cauliflower things. swallow. Yeah, girl, you, you have to no, explore no, no, different no. flavors. I would explore cauliflower like fried rice. I did try that <laughs> this week, and it was I tried it for the first time last week, and um, I just called in my husband and put a spoon in his mouth, and he's like, "Oh, this this is mashed rice or something." I'm like, "Yeah, right. It's cauliflower, yeah, and it just really, it's feeling is hot." No, but I'm not going to make it as swallow. Sorry. I can't use it to eat it for you. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. Oh, no, 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 no. I would rather, well, never say never. True, but nah, nah. One of the things I'm also finding out is I never used to eat fish back at home because I just, you know, 
I just couldn't, uh, I don't know. I just couldn't take it down. I think the, the aroma, that strong fish smell for me was a thing. So, but I'm, I'm here now and I'm eating salmon. So maybe it is actually being bougie, you See? know, all of a sudden being bougie because, you know, <laughs> the, sound, the sound of it. No, but by the way, we did talk about this. For me, it's that I found a combination of spices that just does it. Like I said, I'm not the everyday wanting to cook, but I also want to make sure that the meal is nice. I found a spice, um, a spice bottle that has, you know, everything in it. And once I put it on my fish, it does the magic. You know, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel very, you know, very much like a God or Ramsey, feeling very <laughs> nice and, you know. Yeah, so 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 those are the things that makes um access uh cooking here easier for me and is helping me to explore my you know expand my taste buds more. And so good. yeah. So let's say Mrs. Notch, we're by our thirty minutes mark and so what else do you have for us? So you know <clears throat> this show <clears throat> is always about the professional immigrant who is trying to integrate and live a balanced life and um, be well, well-rounded, integrated professional. Mm-hmm. And um, we just talked about food being about culture, being a source of um, exchange, being um, something we're learning, a source of identity. What do you, what's your like parting words? I'm very careful not to say no. Wrap up. What's your parting words? What's your, yeah, what's your wrap up advice or, you know, your thoughts on food as we wrap up today? Well, have an open mind, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Navigate the terrain. Uh, explore food cultures as a way of mm-hmm. broadening your knowledge and expanding your horizon because two, three ways that you can actually improve yourself is one, getting an education Two, travel three food. So food is a good way to educate yourself about, because you're a citizen of the world, right? Don't be a local champion just Mm. because you moved to another country. So explore (laughs) other things and experiment, try things. If it doesn't work, then you ditch it. If it works, you stumbled on something nice. So that's it for me. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to find my outro. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, yes, I would say the same thing. Explore. um, um, Be open. uh, Never say never. And... uh, yeah, once you get a chance to talk about your food, dudes, and don't be, don't be, uh, and then, yes, one of the things I'm learning now is to actually to eat healthy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. try and find healthy options mm-hmm. because you don't want to now finally be here as a professional immigrant and then, you know, um, fall sick or not take care of yourself because mm-hmm. you see all the other options that they might not be healthy for you, but you've picked them up and then you forget just you know, forget about being healthy. So while you're exploring, please make sure you're, you know, you're keeping a healthy one. So that's it today on this episode. We would like to hear from you wherever you see this. Do reach out to me on my social media platforms. And Mrs. Notch, as always, thank mm-hmm. you for joining us tonight. I've had so much fun talking about food. It's supposed to be night and, I, and, and now you're making me hungry. But I'm, like I said, I'm trying to keep healthy. So I'm going to drink a glass of water and go and sleep. I, I pray I don't wake up to 
pounded yam and uh, a craving for pounded yam and a four euro in the morning. But thank you guys for listening to this. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys and um, see you around in another episode. So bye. Bye-bye.